Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA about driving the narrative forward for public education through the work of school PR professionals. I'm your co-host, Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA board, and I'm the director of communications for Buncombe County Schools. Ken Dirksen is back with me for part two of the special two-part podcast. Ken is our NCSPRA president, and he is here for the other part of our double header. Hi, Ken. Thanks, Stacia, for having me. So this episode is part two of our NSPRA-focused podcast. In episode one, we spoke to Leslie Bruinton. And for part two, we're shifting gears to hear from Rich Bagan. Uh, he is NSPRA's outgoing executive director. So we have another great conversation to get to. Let's start the show. Hello, Rich, and welcome to School PR Drive Time. Thank you for being with us today. So to get us started, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, happy to do that, and thanks for having me on the show. And this is a great thing that you're doing, by the way. We uh, really admire the extra time and effort that you guys are putting into this because that's what it takes. <laughs> it's a lot of work, and when it, when it works, it's one of the best things you can do. So we appreciate that. All right, I uh, started a long time ago as an English teacher, um, and I taught only for three years. At that point, I was going part-time at night and then on a week, well, on during the summer to get my master's in what was then called school information services. Soon after that, I went up getting a school PR job in a neighboring school district. This is all in Pennsylvania in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And so I worked in that job, and it was a wonderful job. I worked in that job for eight years. Um, all kinds of things happening in that school system, both political and wonderful, you know, teaching, learning going on. And we, uh, we did our best to make it all happen. We started a lot of engagement activities in the community, um, trying to also add to the diversity function within those schools even way back then. And um, it helped, it really helped. And it, I really grew a lot doing during that process. The one really interesting item was, and what you know taught me some things about crises communication, mm -hmm. dealt with our, um, <laughs> four of our school board members were indicted for kickbacks from architects. Yikes, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, all of a sudden the school district was crooked. Wow. <laughs> and, well, you know, how do you get out of that? And so mm -hmm. planning, doing some things, and uh, actually with the approval of, of our superintendent, a guy named Bob Hayes, we kind of tried to drive a wedge between the school district and the school board. From there, came down to Washington to become the director of communications and development for the Council of Chief State School Officers. That I had that job for about three years. Um, they represent obviously any of the secretaries of education in each of the mm -hmm. states, and so you only have something like 52 members, which you know is a bit interesting that way. Uh, but then a job opened up here at Innsbruck, believe it or not, back then, and so I wound up taking that job. So we were here for three years, director of professional development, got some outside funding to do regional workshops, um, worked here, did a lot, worked at a seminar, tried to change some things, and 
and we had a number of associate directors and it was I was offered a job they're a friend of mine uh, to work in a marketing agency and I went up taking that job because it was almost a $20,000 increase in pay so we did that for so it's just about eight years and worked for two agencies learned a lot really cut my teeth on learning how to make money and learning how not to lose money um, <laughs> during that time. So I learned a lot there. But then Enspra was wobbling, um, just about falling apart and bankrupt. And um, I was asked just to help out on the side, which I did, um, because my first love was always here. And consequently, this was then with another executive director, not John Wary. And things just got really bad that it was basically bankrupt. So wow. the three of us volunteered our time to help bring it back. That executive director left, and the board in 92 appointed me as executive director. So it was an uphill battle. We were a quarter of a million dollars in debt. Oh, wow. We owed people $250,000. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one by one, we wound up paying, paying that off, and it was just a tough time. But it worked. It, it really worked. And we now build it up. And we've, been, we've had some ups and downs along the way, just as the economy and just like what we're facing now, probably. Mm -hmm. But during the 2008 years, uh, and right after that, it was really tough mm -hmm. um, to make things go. We had to let a few people go. When I took over, we had three people on staff. I had built it up to nine. Mm -hmm. And now we're at six. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's rewarding because of the great work that we do for our members. And just to see the lights go on during our seminar when they get all excited about what they're learning. It just, it's a, it's a great organization and it was fun to be the leader of it for these many years. Just fascinating listening to your story. Can you share a little bit about some of the changes you've seen over the years in school PR, while at the, same, at the same time, some of those same core principles that remain at the heart of what we do. Yeah, well, uh, I know the easy one is, is how technology has changed everything and, and the expectation. Uh, even, even five years ago, it was not nearly as strong as it is right now, that people just, really expect you to do a nice job and to do it well in the area of technology and communication and, and like the good work that a lot of you do in North Carolina on the videos that you do. Um, that's really something. But the core kinds of things are still really remain really important. And it was, it was funny, just as I was preparing to come on, I was reading the final uh, edit at least my edit of is we have a, a new publication called mind the gap bringing time-tested pr issues to school pr success today and it goes back to the areas of um well pat jackson even goes back to bernays and people like that but it looks at the kinds of things in research that are just so important and that you really need to listen to your research use your research and so um, you'll wind up wasting sometimes a lot of time and money if indeed you don't listen to your research so uh that one of the core principles is that one 
knowing it's part of research, but knowing your audiences, knowing the best ways to reach them, listening to them, the engagement factor is just extremely important. Now, my one of my lines that I often use is that the best school PR people have one foot in the schools and one foot in the community and the stretch marks to prove it. Because if you if you're giving the you know pulse of the community to your cabinet and they're not real happy well that's reality and they need to listen to that so that helps shape the kinds of messages and the kinds of activities and the kinds of practice of PR that you need to do so that kind of being very strict with learning about your audiences and research and seeing what can work for your system is still the same no matter how you were doing it back then and then how you're doing it now and it's it's funny you um you bring up and, and Leslie Bruinton we had on uh earlier in part part one of this uh two-part series she also brought up sort of the analytical part to school PR and I'm glad you you brought up research and having facts and and um being strategic about what you're doing I think all too often it's easy for especially if you're a one-person shop it is so easy to just fall down a rabbit hole of you're doing tasks for other people or you've got people, you know, coming in to see you and they don't know how Twitter works. And so, and, and, and they expect you to sort of stop everything and be kind of the Twitter guru and, and things of that, which of course, you know, there are services that we're, we're happy to do, but very quickly you can realize you've spent your whole day sort of putting out fires for other people or sort of being a help desk for other people. And you may not have focused as you wanted to on, on the goals that you have for your department um, as, a, as a school PR person. Uh, would you agree that it, it's, it's easy to sort of get into that rut where it's just like putting out fires, putting out fires, what's the next crisis? Oh my gosh, you know, what have I done to, to move forward the, the strategy for my department? Yep, that's, that's you know, that's, that's a fairly common occurrence, especially with our members who are really good at doing what they do for a living, but then are always helping out other people because they're known for, um, you know, good people relationships. But yeah, there comes a time when you have to sit down with your boss and say, okay, here, here are, here are like the 25 things that I've been doing. Which ones have the impact that's really necessary for the, us to move forward according to our strategic plan Mm -hmm. to do those activities and make that your priority and so that you have the backing of the boss shall you say that that yeah that's where you need to spend your time so that's that's it's hard to say no but if you come up with i even do it here an operational plan to say this is what we're going to do this year and there always be things and you always have when board members change and things they want different things they want Okay, well, with six people, this is what we say we can do. Mm-hmm. And with this fixed budget that we have that way, so how do, we, how do we get that done? And so we get that done by saying, what do you want us to stop doing so we can do these things? And that's, so we do try to draw a line in the sand. And I think, I mean, our members work like crazy and are, you know, day and night sometimes. And it just, it just becomes way too much. We've seen more people 
you know, backing off and not wanting to advance because it's just the job has just gotten too much for them. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you can facilitate a way to do what is the really critical things and some of the other things just have to go bye-bye. You know, Rich, earlier in the show when we were talking to Leslie, we were talking about some of the PR legends and how NCSPRA is, is what it is because of the people who made it great. And as we've talked earlier with you, you mentioned Barry Gaskins. Can you share a little bit about your recollections and memories of him and, and why he did make the impact that he did upon our organization? Happy to. He, Barry was, was a force in the field, even way beyond North Carolina, because once people got to know him and see him and to see the way that he worked in the system, and he was an excellent people person. He was very good at engaging people, not only within the school district internally, but also external, externally within the community. He was one that, you know, showed up at the football games and he would show up even at the college uh, in his hometown and people knew who he was. And so it was that kind of um, really outreach that he had and his personality just added to that. And then on top of that, he knew how to narrow things down, uh, what we were talking about earlier and focusing on things that were really important. Um, I don't know, I don't remember way back then how he, he had some staff, but not a lot. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the work uh, that was going on, he was still doing it and still trying to do the external. And I remember one of the things that he really did well was uh, he would really have his superintendent support him and they had his back and he worked also closely with the board and the principals. And so he was always one that was out there and he was, shall we say, all in for public schools and all in for the communications function. As an ESPER president, he was a sought after speaker and people wanted him to go around and speak to their chapters around the country. Um, so he, he was, uh, sometimes I don't like to use the word cheerleader because it, it leads to something less than what its impact can be, but he was really an advocate for all of school PR and really did promote the function extremely well. And on that note, we do want to take a quick break. And coming up after the break, we're going to get into uh, the vision for NSPRA, kind of where do, where do we go from here in light of, of all the challenges that school PR people are facing. So stay with us, everyone. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. Hello, I'm Kevin Smith from the membership and social media team at NCSPRA, the North Carolina School Public Relations Association. On behalf of our team and the NCSPRA Board of Directors, we hope you are enjoying this episode of School PR Drive Time. This podcast is one of many member benefits we offer you when you join NCSPRA. From engaging professional development to the recognition of your talent through the Blue Ribbon Award Program, membership has its benefits. We encourage you to follow us on social media and help spread the word about what it means to be a member of a school public relations organization that supports the mission of everyone in North Carolina's public schools. Enjoy the show! 
Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. I'm Ken Dirksen. And I'm Stacia Harris. Today, we are chatting with Rich Bagan, Executive Director of Enspra. And we want to get into a question that's really been on my mind for a while. And, and Rich, if you don't mind, I want you to answer this just like you were a, a consultant for a, a school system. So I feel like, yes, we've all been dealing with COVID. And I think that has impacted our schools in so many different ways. But as we look forward to how do we rebuild our the community around us? How do we rebuild trust in our institution uh, and, and our core competency, which is to teach children and, and prepare them uh, for the, the next chapters in, in their lives? Uh, what would you say for a school system that's, you know, we're past sort of just getting through next semester, we're, we're looking ahead to next year and, and how, how we move forward from this? Well, that's a good question. And, and you know, a lot of our members and others are worried about that. Um, so as a consultant, I would say that one of the first things you have to do is almost goes back to our first half of this discussion, and that is, what does the research tell us? What do these parents think of us now? Trying to find out from them, you know, what worked and what didn't work and what needs to be improved upon. So you have a feel for that rather than just um, blatantly go out and start marketing yourself that way. That uh, So based on what the feedback says, you need to come up with an idea of branding your school district to meet those needs and also then start making sure that there are enough engagement activities so that people can learn more in a maybe non-Zoom-like matter uh, at that point because people will be, be really wary of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's difficult. And it's also something there. It's just not the communication office doing this. It needs to, you know, you need to engage staff in getting people to believe in who you are and how you've possibly changed and what you're offering. Because we see around the country, um, you know, the competition factor being a, a bit stronger than it was prior to COVID. And consequently, you need, we need to get our act together in order to use that research to do some of the kinds of marketing or outreach programs so people understand what you have to offer and how things have changed based on the good work that you have done in the past and what your plans are for the future. I just think, you know, people get are a little tired and uh, thinking, oh, maybe I need to change if this isn't gonna work. So I think you need to, remember earlier I said, you know, drive a wedge, but just to demonstrate just how good your program will be and when everything's back in order the way that it was in the past. So I think that's an important part of it. And not to just lie back and watch it all happen. I think you need to be proactive and get moving in those directions. And I also think it's it's important to be able to recognize and, like you said, you know, do, do the research and, and do the studying to find this out. But there's certainly uh, some things that have come about in how we deliver education that are helpful. It hasn't all been uh, doom and gloom. Uh, For example, for us, we've discovered that, you know, remote learning, while it may not work for 100% of our kids, it really works for 
a percentage of our students. And, and I think we've been able to serve them in a way that um, we may not have have been able to uh, before all this all this happened. So I think it, it's the good and the bad. It, it's challenges and it's opportunities. Uh, for yeah, sure. I, I agree with the definitely opportunities and the idea of being flexible in the delivery of, of what you have and what you learn from that. I think that's what parents are looking for. They're looking for, well, that worked well for my, for my son, but it, that part didn't work well for my daughter. So, you know, how can you deliver some options to people, which, you know, is really difficult to do in larger systems sometimes, but uh, it's possible we've seen it work. So I think that, and then making sure people are aware of it. That's um, it goes back to making that connection. And as far as um, Enspra's role in in all of this, uh, certainly these are strange times. What what is your vision for how Enspra can help school PR folks, whether they're you know a one man band or whether they're part of a huge department? How does Enspra move um, move that move everyone forward? Yeah, uh, good question. I really, I really believe that we can, and I really believe that we're we're doing a good job. Um, we can always do better and do more of it. Um, what what we're trying to do is by and educators and our members are no different than that because some of them are educators, if you will, but they always like to see what other people are doing. Uh, how does it work there? What can we learn from that? And so our job is to find and curate some of the best that we can find to help people move forward. And then also we have something called Ensper Connect, where people can just ask questions. Does anybody have a video on, you know, pandemic dashboards and mm-hmm. that kind of thing? And so we've been trying to find and get um, as many as we can without overburdening people. And so some of the, what I consider the good stuff, if you will, that will make their lives easier. But then, it, then it's, it's taking all the big picture of public education and how important it is and making sure people see the value in it. And so we're trying to do more with that, with the other education associations and with, uh, I guess we can say, new administration coming on board. It's important, too, that that administration will uh, see education as a priority and trying to do more with that because across the country, I mean, just much more funding is needed just to get us out of this hole that we now find ourselves in, whether it's because of COVID and the, the kinds of physical things that we had to change in our buildings and those things, but then Um, It's just a very difficult time. And in order to do a new approach to teaching and learning, hybrid models, all those things, it all takes time and money. So if there's an influx of money based on what can work, I think that's important. We as an organization cannot lobby, but we certainly will promote all those ideas to make that happen. Rich, you've spent so many years of your life helping be an instrumental, instrumental leader of INSPRA, helping support PR practitioners across the nation. You've been an author, you've been a counselor, you've been a constant advocate for 
public relations, school public relations, and APR, and the, the importance of effective school communications. Can you talk a little bit about your legacy and what you hope you've left behind? Because ultimately, you have impacted public schools across our country by helping school communicators deliver key messages, engage audiences, and work together to bring out the best in our schools. Wow, thank you. Um, I'll take that part. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> well, you know, my, my legacy for Esper itself was, is known as the person, uh, and this is unusual for me to talk about these things, and anybody knows me well will know this, but, uh, you know, I'm known as the person who saved Ensborough because of that when I told you we were bankrupt. And so for all those years, and that was a, that was a bad but a wonderful time because the wonderful part was it was, it was almost like an old-fashioned barn-raising kind of moment in that a lot of the members said, what can we do to help? And so we put them to work. And it wasn't just making money. It was doing things. Uh, doing workshops, doing things for us that made us expand and get better at, at, and become better known so that people would join. So, you know, that is the first thing. But the second thing is the idea that the function of communication and public relations is a management function. People have to realize that, people in charge. And I think I think COVID has, you know, proven that communication is more important than ever. And we're resting, I think, hoping that with that kind of statement that more and more people will think about joining the organization because of what we have to offer them. But the fact that communication is seen now more as a management function is one of the more important things as a legacy than what we've had in the past. It's one thing that you know, it used to be, well, get me, go get me a PR person so they, they can do way back when news releases or mm -hmm. now right. that they you know, need somebody to do their social media feeds. But that's not part of the real function of, of what the school district's public relations program should be about. It needs to be built into whatever the goals of the system are, and strategically then figuring out what can communication do to help move the needle in that arena of what are the goals of the system. So if you're focusing on reading test scores, that you come up with programs that really highlight reading and talking about how parents can do more in reading and all those kinds of things. So focusing the function on the goals of the system is one of the more important things they can do. And I hope that that too comes through a, a, as a legacy item. Perfect. That's a great way to end it. Rich Bagan, thank you so much for being with us today. Great conversation, certainly very inspired. And, and of course, thank you uh, for all you've done for ENSPRA in, in moving us forward. Great, Stacey. Thank you. And Ken, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You know, Stacia, today's episode was really educational for me. I didn't realize how challenged Inspro was at one time as an organization and how Rich Bagan had such an instrumental part in bringing it back from its brink into the successful organization that it is today. Another part of the conversation that I really loved was touching on 
the concept of really as, as a, a school PR person uh, sitting down looking at the challenges that, that your school system is facing, but also some of the opportunities that have been presented by this sort of tumultuous and, and uncertain time. And I just think it's, it's so important for us to be able to take stock of that and really weave that into our strategy going forward. And, and you know, the thing also that, that struck me was your superintendent and the leadership team and, and the people that you work with, they, they need to know what you do every day and they need to know the value that, that you have in the organization. Because uh, certainly, uh, you know, we're, we're going to crawl through 2020, but I'm sure 2021 will be just as exciting. And so I think that's so important for us to remember. So thank you, Ken, for being my co-host for part two of this fun two-parter. I appreciate your time, sir. All right. Thank you for having me.